0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for listening today. Um, Our scripture today comes from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Before we go to the Word of God, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. I pray you continue to guide and be with each and every one of us. Continue to uh, work within each and every one of our lives, Father. Be with our community, Lord. Guide us and lead us. Guide us and be with each and every one of us, Lord. Be with those who have lost loved ones, Lord. Those who are still struggling with this pandemic. Those who are going through uh, uh, sickness right now, Father. I pray your hand upon them, Lord. Watch over, guide, and be with them. Guide and lead them, Lord. And we give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord, this day. For we know you You are in control of all things, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for this day. Guide and use me, Lord. Guide and open our eyes to your word, Lord. Guide and give us clarity, Lord, into an understanding of what your word is for us today, Father. I ask all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray. Lord, let it be. Amen. All right, our scripture comes from Matthew. Again, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Amen. I have entitled this, Who Do You Say... I am. Jesus again withdrew himself along with his disciples to the region of Caesarea, Philippi. Now, in this region, there were many things which the disciples could see around them, which would indicate the history and culture of the people. There were many statues and monuments which which were built by the Roman government and also the temples of Baal. And so we get to our verses here, 13 and 14. The question of Jesus, or the questions of Jesus. Jesus was in a city, was in these cities, and Jesus as well as disciples uh, could see the many things that were built by man to to honor men and their gods. It was as if Jesus stood here in the United States, uh, in Washington, D.C., on the National Mall and looked around and saw all these structures built to honor our nation's men and women, the great leaders of the past, the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument. And he asked this question, as if to say, compared to all these men, all these great things around me, who do people say the Son of Man is? He was basically asking, where do I rank among the great Great, greatest of men of this world, Jesus was not trying to enlarge his own ego by asking. He was trying to get an understanding of the mindset of the people. Was anyone fully understanding who I truly am? Jesus may have asked. Jesus was on the verge of going to the cross. Were the people seeing him as a healer of the of the Son of God? Was he, or was he the average Joe, or was he someone special? Jesus gets his answer. In the reply, he gets his answer. The disciples had heard some, some talk from among the people. They may have asked who Jesus was or, or even overheard a conversation about Jesus, about people talking about Jesus. And in the questions and conversations the idea was that Jesus was a man that was of God in the same manner as a, as a prophet but people did not see Jesus for he for who he truly was This was a problem because he is and the uh, he and his work go together meaning the healings were done so that the people would see that he is indeed the Christ the Messiah if we don't see the Christ in Jesus, then we fail to see the salvation that Jesus Christ brings. You see, if we always see our healings, then we fail to see what Jesus Christ truly is, or who Jesus Christ truly is. And so we need to understand that fully, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, sent to save man. Jesus was recognized for, uh, for a, as a man of God. But not for who he truly was. People were always confusing, were confused about the identity of Jesus as it states here. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets in John chapter 19 verse, uh, chapter 10 verse 19 and 21. It says, at these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is a demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon, demon open the eyes of the blind? And so people were constantly confused by Jesus, the identity, the true identity of Jesus. Jesus was a man that was not understood by the people. In our scripture today, these people are still not fully sure of who Jesus is. They still don't have that understanding. And so Jesus gets his answer about who are the people saying the Son of Man is? Basically, who who are they saying I am? Who who do they think I am? Who do they think that uh, this person standing here is? And so we move to verses 15 and 16. Then the question for all of us. Jesus was probably sitting there listening to their responses, and when they had finished, He said to them, looking at each one of them, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who am I to you? This guy Jesus, who am I to you? Now you would think that by this time, the disciples would know who Jesus fully was. And there would be no need to ask this question of them. But Jesus does. Jesus asks this question of His disciples. He asks them to respond. And Peter chimes in. And he says, You are the Christ, or the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Amen. And that was correct. That was the correct answer. And so Jesus moves on here in verses 18, 17, and 18. He talks about the rock. Jesus commends Peter for his answer. He tells him it was not by his own knowledge that he understood Jesus to be the Son of God and the Messiah sent by God. It was a revelation which was given to Peter by his Father God in heaven. Peter allowed God to speak to his heart and it was opened and his eyes were opened to the true identity of Jesus. And more importantly, Jesus as the Messiah. So Peter understood who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. He was the one to come and save Israel. He was the one to come and save his people. And Jesus now goes one-on-one with Peter. Has a one-on-one conversation and he looks at Peter, and it is as if Jesus walks up to Peter, and it, Peter's also known as Simon, and Jesus takes his hand and puts his hand on Simon's shoulders, and he says, You are now Peter. And Peter translates Cephas means stone. And then as Jesus has his hand on, on Simon, he says, you are now Peter. And he takes his hand off of Peter's shoulder. And he takes his hand and, and he puts it on his own, on his own uh, uh, chest. And he's still looking at Peter. Jesus is looking at Peter with his hand on his chest. And he says, on this rock, I will build my church. We cannot mistake Peter as being the foundation of the church. Peter was the beginning of the church. Now I don't mean the head of the church, because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. But he was the first to recognize Jesus for who he truly was. And he was a stone uh, just as others, that others would build on. First Peter chapter 2, 4 and 5 say this, As you come to him, the living stone, Rejected by man, chosen by God, and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are part of that living stone. We take our place along Peter. We are building up the church alongside which Peter started, which which Jesus started with Peter. And so whatever may come against the church, whatever uh, comes against the the, the church, because there is opposition to the church, we will not be overcome by that. So as living stones, we are building up the church and we should not fall. The foundation of the church will withstand anything that opposes it. Now I'm not talking about the church as, as a whole, The church, I'm talking about the church established by, established by God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, excuse me, I am talking about the church as a whole. The church which, which was established by God through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am not talking about denominations. Nor am I talking about individual churches. I am talking about the church which Jesus is talking about. It will withstand anything that comes upon it. If our church foundation is Jesus Christ, we are built right along. We are bricks on the wall. We are building up God's church. Amen. And we move on to the key. Now Jesus is not saying Peter is in control over the kingdom of heaven. What he is speaking to is Peter's ministry and the effect it had on the early church and those that received it. Peter on the day of Pentecost presented the first sermon on Jesus Christ being the Messiah who died and rose from the grave for the salvation of man. On that day there were 3,000 3,000 that came to know the Lord as their Savior, praise the Lord. Peter also was convicted in a vision to go to a man's house named Cornelius. And this was another door that was open for Peter. Another door which he was the one that uh, the key was given to him to go through. This would prove to be a, a great opening for the church. Peter opened the door for the Gentile people to receive the salvation which came by Jesus Christ. So Peter held the key to opening the door for others to hear. He was the one God chose to preach the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so Peter here was was God's tool. Peter here was the one used by God to preach about his son, Jesus Christ, the gospel message. We must remember that God had already knew beforehand that He would bring salvation to all men, not only the Jews. To the Jews, Peter was the man to start the whole process. Paul was to take what Peter started and take it outside the region into farther countries. So, Peter loosed what had already taken place in heaven, and he loosed it here on earth. Warren Weersby writes this, Jesus did not say that God would obey what they did on earth, but that they should do on earth whatever God had already willed. The church does not get man's will done in heaven. It obeys God's will on earth. Amen. So God's will was that all men would receive the gospel message. But Because we've got to remember that the Jewish people were closed-minded and thought God was only for them. But God used Peter, a Jewish man, to open the door for the rest of the world, the Gentile people, which would be those that are non-Jews. And so that all would receive the gospel message here on earth. Amen. And so we look at this scriptures for today. What does all of this mean for us today? How can I use this scripture for my life today? And we got to come back to what Jesus was asking. We got to come back to the question Jesus posed and direct it toward ourselves. Who do you say I am? As if Jesus was standing right before you. Who do you say I am? Do we stand there and say, uh, Well, uh, God's Son, um, you're, you're good, and you heal people. Well, that's true, but that's only partially it. And we should begin much in the same way Peter began, that Jesus is the Son of the living God. God but we should also have a testimony that goes along with it to say who Jesus is, to tell Jesus who he is. If Jesus was standing in front of us, I could say to Jesus, I know who you are. You are a man that took my sin as dark as it was, you took it to this thing called the cross. You got nails put in your hands. Nails put in your legs. You were stuck with the sword. You had a crown of thorns. And you died there on the cross. You took the wrath of God upon you. You took the cup upon you for my sins for the sins of this world, for the sins of man. However dark they were, you took them upon you. And even though I may have grown up in the church, even though I grew up listening to uh, stories from the Bible each and every Sunday, each and every Wednesday, I was still a sinful person. I was still a sinful man. And it was not until I fully understood the gospel message of Jesus Christ that I was separated from God, that I was separated from Jesus until I came to the point and understood my sins, understood what I was made of. As Isaiah prophesied, in chapter 53, verse 4 and 5, Surely He took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered Him stricken by God, smitten by Him, and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions, He was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. By His wounds we are healed. Amen. I understood that I, I stood condemned before God. I understood, uh, as I'm speaking to Jesus, I would say, I understood that I was condemned before your father, God. As a sinful man, I cannot term use the term father, but I stood before him. Would stand before Jesus and say, I know what you did for me. You took all my darkness, all my wretchedness, and you took it upon yourself that I would have peace with God, that I would be righteous before God, and that because I believe in that faith, I have salvation, and I am justified before God. Amen. Because I know my sin. As David said, when the Word of God is present and the Spirit is speaking to you and you hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ, it does something to you. You realize something about yourself. You understand something about who you truly are. David understood about them. In Psalms 51, 3 and 4, he says, For I know my transgression. We all know our sin. We all know what we do outside of the church, outside of the building we call the church. And David said, my sin is always before me. And David is saying this because of the sin he committed with Bathsheba, the adultery and the murder that he committed. And he's saying, my sin is always before me. Against you, God, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justify when you judge. You are judging correctly, God. You are judging and understanding and knowing that I am a sinful man and that I stand condemned before you. That is my testimony. And again, I'm standing before Jesus. As if I'm standing before Jesus, telling him, who do you say I am? I know I'm a sinner. Psalms 51.17 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise And when I came to that point, I understood who I was. I was a darkened man. And the word of God broke me down. Broke me down so much that I knew I had a broken spirit. And I came to God with that broken spirit. Through his son, Jesus Christ. And I said, I give it all up. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And as I live each and every day, as I live my life for Jesus, it's a struggle. You have to work. I don't want to use the word struggle. It's a challenge. You work and you work and you work. You read the word of God, the process of what you go through. Romans, Paul, who writes Romans, in chapter 7, he understands that tr- struggle. He says, I'm trying to do right, but I end up doing wrong. Every time I think I'm going to do okay, it ends up, I end up messing up. And he says this. In verse 24, chapter 7, verse 24 of Romans. He says, what a wretched man I am. And this is Paul. The saved Paul. The preacher of Paul. The the preacher of God. The minister of Jesus Christ. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen and amen, glory to God that he has enough love That he looked out on the wretchedness of this world, sent his son to die for each and every one of us. Because what does the Bible say? It says, For the wages of sin is death. And I earned my death. I paid those wages for death. But praise be to God, he loved me enough to send his son to die on the cross that I may have eternal life with him. That is my testimony. That's who I say you are, Jesus. You are the son of the living God who died, who was broken, took my sorrows, took took on the affliction that was meant for me. You took the cup of, of the wrath of God that was meant for me because I am a sinful man. You took it upon yourself. And because you did that, I understand my transgression, I understand how dark my sin is, I understand where I am where I'm at. But praise and glory to God that Jesus is alive and living, and that we have the gospel message so that we in all our righteousness can say as Paul says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks does not cover it. Thanks is not the word that that we come up with. Thank you, Lord. For saving my soul. Thank you Lord. It seems so insufficient. So who. Do you say. Jesus Christ is for you. For those of you that don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I encourage you. To come to him. If you contact me. I will leave my phone number. I will leave my email. To get in touch with you. Because I can't just tell you. I got to help you out a little bit. I got to show you a little bit here. To help you along your way. For each and every one of us, we are presented with that question. Who do you say I am? Jesus is asking who do you say Jesus Christ is in your life? Let us pray. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given to each and every one of us. I pray that you uh, guide us and lead us. Give us an understanding, Father. Speak to our heart that we would have a broken and contrite heart before you, Father. That you would see that brokenness, Father. Because we, are, we know, understand we are sinful people. We understand that we, we, we don't deserve what you gave us, Father, but you gave it anyway. Guide and be with each and every one of us, Lord, this day. Be with us, Father. Be with the listener, Father. Watch over them and their household. Watch over the things that they are going through, the challenges in their lives, Father. Guide and lead each and every one of us, Father. I ask all these things, In your Son, Jesus Christ's name, Lord, let it be. Amen. Thank you for listening today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you today. Have a great day in Jesus Christ. Amen.